The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Alley Colbert Show. Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the Allie Colbert Show. It's your host, Allie Colbert. Allie Colbert. Is it Allie Colbert? Is it Colbert? Are you related to Stephen Colbert? It's me. Hi, guys. I am on the East Coast for another few days before I head back to Los Angeles visiting my familia. My familia for the summer. It's amazing how you could have such a good relationship with your family members over the phone. And then the second you're with them in person, you feel like you want to kill yourself. And I love my family. I'm really close to my family. And it's still really hard sometimes to be around family. They just know your triggers. They are your triggers. They created your triggers. So I don't know. I'm sad to leave but I'm also happy to leave and to go back to LA and I don't know, to focus on more me stuff. And I don't know, I think even to the best of my ability, I regress in a family unit. I think that's how most people are today. I was in the outside in my parents' pool and I was like, mommy, do you have a, a noodle? And then I was like, oh, okay, that means it's time to leave. I've been, um, I've been watching Ted Lasso season two. I didn't know that Brett Goldstein was a writer in addition to being an actor. Brett Goldstein is Roy. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's a Jewish writer, which I kind of like delight in. But he, um, you know, he's the one, Keely, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> or whatever. He's like the brooding, like, brunette who's retired from football. I'm not a footballer anymore, Keely. And I like his, like, twiggy little girlfriend. I, I don't know why you don't want to do football. Why don't you be a commentator? There's something hot about her. I don't I don't know what it is, but she's, yeah, I guess she's hot. Is that her person? It's everything together for some reason. There's something kind of sexual about her. But I've been really liking Ted Lasso season two. And the other thing that I've been obsessed with, which I've fought against with every ounce of my being. By the way, Julian might join us for some Q&As, but right now this is just me. Oh, what are you going to do? It's just me as if you guys come to the show for anything other than me. Um... I guess that's my biggest fear talking, but I've been obsessed with despite um, wanting not to be with Dave. It's so good. And Dave season one, I liked. Dave season two is, <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. It's so good. And it's not trying to be anything other than what it is. And it's fun. And then it has these like awesome little like explorative sort of like more thinking moments, more meaningful conversations within the fun. And it's just so enjoyable to watch. I loved the Doja Cat episode in season two. I don't know. What are you guys watching? Because however much television I watch, I really never have enough. I really feel that way. So I've been watching that. And then I've been watching, uh, I watched a few episodes of of, uh, Cesar Milan trying to like, 
train out horrible behavior in dogs just because I'm still in a bit of a standstill with with my dog and how difficult she is. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast, but my dog is like, has some aggression issues and it makes it really hard to want to keep her. But it also is like incredibly difficult to imagine giving her away. And I've tried so many things. I've tried training her in New York at this great place downtown called Canine. And they're awesome. There's like, there's so many things you can do to help manage a dog with behavioral issues, but whatever. I know I digress. I don't want to go into a whole thing about the dog right now. Anyway, let's get into some of the things you guys wrote in about. I'm going to pull it up now. I asked you guys what you wanted to hear me talk about. Uh, da, 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 dealing with having all straight friends. Okay, well, the first thing to know is that they're probably not all straight. <laughs> Just statistically speaking. One of them's gay. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're the queer one. But also that, you know, things like that, making friends that feel like a, I don't know if I want to say accurate, but at least like a sort of valid reflection of things going on in your life, whether that's like your sexuality or some part of your sort of ideologies that you feel is reflective, like that's not effortless. And I remember feeling when I first came out, like I didn't have any friends that I could like talk to about the queer experience and going out to gay bars. Like I didn't have that community. And I remember I started dating a girl who had a lot of queer friends, a lot of lesbian friends that she had gone to college with. And I was like, oh my God, like I didn't make friends with one lesbian in college. I don't know if I was just so repressed or so oblivious that I wasn't like meeting those people, but that wasn't something I had. And I really, really craved that. Julian's here now. And she's walking in the room. She's in a blue plaid shirt and she has a bag of sour cream and onion puffs. <laughs> so this is your mic, Jules. So and I already got started because I realized I don't need any other people for this podcast. Like I, people don't come to this podcast for like you. Thank you. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. Hi, Julesy. Hi. So I was just talking about how someone wrote in and they said, what do you do about not having any like queer friends? And I said that, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Like that's not something where like you're immediately a part of that community. If you like want to be like that takes and takes a bit of effort. And so I was saying how I dated a girl who like had all of these lesbian friends from college. And I was like, oh my God, you have this big community. And that would be nice to be a part of a community of people who I could like go out with and talk about the things I went through. It's the same way that anyone wants to be in a, a part of a community of people that in whatever way is, you know, whether it's like a religious thing or like, I always think about like how women going through like fertility struggles, like seek out other women. Like you just want to like seek out people who have, an experience that speaks to your experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the first thing I would say is like, you don't need a friend to, you don't need another queer friend in order to go to like a queer, like bar or a queer gathering. Like you could have like a straight friend who you feel is like an ally to you. But where do you find them in the first place? Who? That gathering. They wear the, the pride flags on their head. <laughs> no, it's just like, how do you find that gathering? I yeah. mean, I think if you live in a big city, like New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or Miami, like these cities have gay populations and they have 
gay bars or they have bars that host queer nights and like even going to that, oh, that makes it sound so horrible. But the other thing that you can do, if that feels really like, like putting yourself out there is even if you go on dates with people, a lot of queer people do this and more so than straight people because queer people are so desperate for community is you can go on dates with other queer people. And if it doesn't work as a, like a dating thing, you start to build your like community that way. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, oh my God, you're so fun. Come out with my friends. They have other queer friends. And then also once you're out, you just start having this like queer radar where like I was at work when I hosted that show um, for Verizon and like my camera girl, the girl who was always holding my camera, she was a lesbian. And like, I just knew, like I just sensed it in the air. And then we just like got dinner and then I met her friend. Like, it's just... It, it just unfolds like any other aspect of your life. Like if you're going to, fi- if you put into the universe that you want to find your people and you start being awake to it. I mean, what do you think? What do you think about that? Well, I'm new to this community. So I haven't really had the opportunity to seek that out. I'm excited to hang out with another lesbian couple eventually. It hasn't happened for us yet. Yeah, we haven't gone because we're a pandemic couple. Exactly. So we weren't going on like double date lesbian Zooms. Right. <laughs> but if you are in New York, I'm speaking to my New York listeners just because I don't totally know all of the other like queer places, queer spaces for like other towns. But especially in New York, there's like a, there's a group called Ellis that throws these yeah, awesome. You met so many people through that. Amazing events for queer women, not just for dating, even though they, they do turn into a bit of like a, like a hookup scene. But I mean, I met some, so many queer people just like, like I said, on dating apps, I think. I just feel like I started meeting queer people out in like work and stuff too. That's a good question. But I think you got to, you have to start putting yourself out there yeah, in order to put make it out there, be open to it and you'll start attracting it it's and same. also make some effort. It's like making any kind of friend. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. like, how do you make new friends? Right. You have to be actively like putting yourself into spaces and places where, where that, type of connection will happen and then you make a little effort at first and it's like more awkward to go on a friend date than like a romantic date I think sometimes because a romantic date it's like okay get what you want out of this you want to you want to like hook up but a friend date it's like oh what do you want out of this a soul connection like <laughs> like you're asking for a lot well it's also funny when you like go on a friend date and then you guys like don't hang out again after you're like I guess we just like didn't really like each other that much it's hard right <laughs> yeah but some friends are just fine to be like Backshell friends. Yeah, you need to just have like a roster. It's okay that some friends aren't meant to be your best friends in the right. world. It's hard to find that that deep, like those great, ugh, like rich friends. Yeah. Those don't come around very often. And those really and do. And sometimes they're fleeting. Sometimes they're fleeting. A lot of times they're fleeting. And other times you really need to age into a friendship like right. that. Mm-hmm. Those That's friendships, a different type of friendship, an aged one. Those friendships don't happen overnight. Um, okay, let's go to another question. Why do women like toxic guys? So, I mean, my thoughts on this are that women like toxic guys because they have low self-esteem. I mean, it's not like a direct thing, but it's like, this is how I felt for a long time. I felt like, especially when I was dating, if someone liked me back immediately, I was like, oh, 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 you're not the top of the food chain. Like, I don't want someone that's going to just like immediately bite the hook. I want a little work. I want a little chase that in my evolutionary immature mind tells me that you're a more coveted prize. Uh-huh. And I think that it's a combination of a few things. I think it's a combination of insecurity and feeling like you 
uh, on some sort of like subconscious level, feeling like you don't deserve someone who's just emotionally available Mm -hmm. because that would be too easy. And that's, we get grossed out by emotionally available men because that means that other women don't want them. And it requires you to be emotionally available back. Yeah. And get, let's get real. You're not emotionally available. If you're asking, why do I like toxic guys? You're not emotionally available. So you're Mm -hmm. not emotionally available either. Um, And then I had another point. Yeah, it doesn't require you to really show up. There's no deep intimacy involved in it. Right. It's a chase ego game. Right. It feels good though. It feels really good because that hit when, when they approve of you or validate you is so high. Oh my God. I mean, this is my biggest, this is really, this was my biggest issue. Not so much people that are toxic. Wait, we were reading my old journal (laughs) (laughs) of my most toxic one Uh, that lasted like 10 years. And Julian would like print out (laughs) AIM conversations and like fold them up and put them in the To like analyze them. I was like, this is further evidence that he does really like me. And I would like stock it away. Right. And it's like any time that you're like really questioning, like deeply contemplating something about whether or not a person likes you, they don't like you. It, or they like you, <laughs> like he still loves me. I know, you're like, <laughs> uh-huh. or, or, they, they, or they like you, but they're just busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they like you, but they have their own issues, their own blockages, and they're not emotionally available or able to connect with you on that way. I was way too emotionally intense for a lot of guys. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, when I think about how you were like the stuff you were saying in, cause we go, sometimes <laughs> we're going through Julian's old text, but she would like really put the spotlight on like demanding someone carve out time for her or something like that. But that's like what a lot of women do something as small as that, where you're like, can you just tell me if you're free Friday? Can you but just, I just tell like, me if you're free? I have like really high self-worth and also really low. So like both of those things were playing into it. I was like, I am I don't have time to waste with someone who like can't carve out a clear time when they can actually hang out with me. If you can't hang out with me, fine. Let's just like not hang out. But at the same time, that's also such a low self-worth thing because I'm not, I'm just like not trusting. I'm not. Yeah. I think that there was like this, there's this cognitive dissonance thing with you where like, you know, something to be true, but then you like get stuck in like a behaviorally toxic cycle, which I think is a lot of women. Tons of women are that way. And also society conditions us in that way that like, you know, you have to play it slow with guys. Don't sleep with them on the first date. And like those things people say like, oh, that's like so anti-feminist to like say those things. But then you also have to like, there has to be a middle ground because there has to. I'm not not a feminist. I'm 100% a feminist. I also happen to agree you shouldn't put out on the first date. I just think that's not appealing. That's not me saying I hate women. Women can't be what right. men are. I'm not talking about that. And maybe that's like this ingrained belief in me. But I, but if you're really trying to play some cards, like... But that's I, the point. They don't want to play. But it's like, if you want to get what you want to get in life, you have to be strategic about it sometimes. So it's not even playing. It's just going about it in a way that will yield the greatest success. But it's like, what was that conversation that we were listening to the other day? Maybe it was on Armchair Expert where they were talking about your value as a woman literally being your sex and being like, and like using that value. Oh no, it was Glennon. Glennon Doyle. Oh, Glennon, Glennon, Glennon. We love Glennon Doyle. We love Untamed. Obviously, you remember Untamed was a part of our story if you heard that episode. Did but, we talk about it in there? Yeah, that you recommended yeah. the book and it was Untamed. God. So we love Glennon. We were listening to Glennon and Abby's 
um, podcast episode about sex. But Glennon Definitely was, listen to it. It's so good. We're like, the only thing our podcast does is get another podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we were talking about how, or sorry, we were listening and then we had a conversation about how women's value is sex and how, and like, I don't obviously agree with that. I don't think that's a good thing, but how this idea of like, I didn't sleep with him, so I still have my value intact. Right. I can still lord my value over right. him. Right. So it's I, like a power play. Yeah. And I still, but what I'm trying to say is like, I still, I still see that as something that's happening. I don't appreciate the fact that women's value is being held in sex and society puts all of women's value on, on their, their sex. I, I don't, I don't, in, I don't like that. I'm not like, I, that's awesome. But in, in reality, I don't think every man you see is going to be like, well, she put out, you know, uh, but don't worry. Her value is not her sex. There's still much more value to be had. I don't think that that would be the response. So yeah, we have a you long have way to, to go. You have to work within psychology, human psychology and be empowered to have the awareness of it and choose when to use that and when to... We're like, <laughs> we're like, listen, we know that everyone's saying you're a feminist. You can do what you want. Don't. <laughs> do not put out. You will make, it will make you look like a whore. <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> but you could put out and that guy might have a very similar personality. And maybe for some reason he's, I don't think so. Fuck, I, th I, I think know. just psychologically speaking, that's not the most sexy thing. But why? But you but might is that meet a guy. Up of us to say that I. It's not that it's fucked up. It's just human psychology. It's like marketing one hundred and one, right? Like create demand, create want, create need, but create be, that first, right? It's like if you. It's like how Julian and I play marketplace. We, we like list things on Marketplace and someone is like, is it available? Oh, and we're yeah. like, we're like, no, but we'll let you know if it becomes available. And then, right. And then, and then, then the they're like, like let, me know, let me know if it is. And it's just like getting that person to go on a second date. If you sell it immediately, they'll be like, well, can I see a picture of the back end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Show us the inside of the dresser drawers. You know, but I, I mean, I, I'm wondering why though. Like, why is it that, would you, but do you. Like, but so what, like what I would tell myself, what I would tell myself when I was dating, I'd be like, look, I don't want a guy who, if I can't be myself right up front, I want to know if they want to hang out on Friday and if that's too upfront for them, then they're not for me. That's also valid, but it, it doesn't yield the greatest success. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, okay, but let me flip this for one second. Let mm -hmm. me flip this for one second. Say you go on a date with a guy. Mm -hmm. He sleeps with you on the first date. Are you going to be like, ooh, I didn't. No, I'd say that's a, oh, I, about myself? No, like. About him? Just, I don't care. Just, just flip it. Just flip it though. And I just want to no, say. Like, I'd say that's a normal guy. Yeah, but why is that okay? Because they're not the ones that, that's not their game. We have. To <laughs> <laughs> You're like completely just like lean into the fact that our sex is our power. <laughs> so that's why we like the, um, the toxic man because he's playing that, emo the, that unavailability game. It's creating more allure, more need, more want for you. So, but let me just ask you this. Let but the, just, end, the end is that he's just not available. But so my question is, if, this, if we see this is what's going on, that women are more desired when they don't put out and men, it makes no difference if they sleep with you on the first date or not. Why should we continue to buy into this paradigm? Because that's the only way to get dick. Right. Like, why is the response? If you can see it and rise above it and use it to your advantage, then that's still empowered. Right. So be aware of the fact that these are, this is a dynamic at play. Right. This doesn't mean sleep with them or don't sleep with them, but have an awareness that allows you to make empowered decisions. Right. Right. I think we landed on- You can't on change them. You can't change the way, you know, male, majority of male minds are programmed psychologically. 
we can't change them, so just don't put out. <laughs> <laughs> just don't put out. Unless you want to put out and don't want anything more in this relationship. Then get what you want right off the bat. There's, you have to understand somewhere in the middle here is what is what the truth is. Yeah. So just find it. <laughs> and I'm just gonna, and let us know what it is. And let us know what it is. Um, but I have to say, what just one last thing on this note. Then we got to move on to the last the last question of the episode. If I was, if I was, I date women, and I would, ugh, fuck, I don't know. And it's just like I don't want. I like the how chase. do women work? Honestly, I like the chase. I like the chase. It has. It doesn't. Wait. So it was for Ali's birthday last year. She knew this about herself that she like still wanted Chase because we had only been like hanging out, hanging out, hooking up, dating for what, a month? Yeah, a month. Exactly a month. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like her birthday is coming very soon after this. So like, what do I do? But it was clear we were really into each other. Yeah. But Allie was like, please, please don't do anything. And I was like, okay, she's just basically telling me to do something. And she's like, no, please. Like, I, I mean this very seriously. If you do too much, I will be incredibly turned off. <laughs> yeah. So I had to like do something very, very you, you toned just, down. Yeah. That I mean, was I great. like took you out to breakfast, took you out to lunch, took you out to dinner, got you a cookie cake. You're like, I spent all day with you. I spent all day no, with because, you. We so, got drinks no, by the pool. I just want to be clear though. I knew I was going to hang out with you because I was in LA. Yeah. I had off. I was filming that show. I well, wasn't going to spend my birthday alone. Julian and I were hooking up. So I knew we were going to hang out, but I kind of meant like, don't buy me gifts and don't like write me an insane card. Like I didn't want a gift from you or anything like that. I didn't want you to like give me a balloon. I did give you an insane card. So I have one last question. Okay, but before you go on to that last question, yeah, I really would love to talk to you about how you dated. Because I'm because a master. You're, you are really good at, at playing the game. Yeah, I know. I'm and, and you're not good. even like fully aware of it. Or maybe you are and that's, even scarier. It's my genius. You're just like really good. You have kind of that thing where like, like a lot of guys that I have dated where you can just like let things go really fast. So you can just like move on really fast. And that is like a turn on. Let things go fast. What do you mean? Just like, like for example, when we were first dating or sorry, when we were first texting and we were texting like kind of rigorously back and forth. And I thought we were like together. But we were just like getting to know each other. So we were texting and I was with a group of friends and we were going on a, a, a hike and I was in the backseat of the car and we were in mid-conversation about something like getting to know each other. And then I lost service and I had no service for the rest of the day. And I was so worried. I was like, she's going to be so upset. She's going to be like, whoa, this girl just like dropped off, like be like mad at me or think I'm like an asshole or something. And I came back to service later that night at like eight o'clock and I was like, Hey, I, like right away I got service and I was like, hey, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry about that. And um, and Allie was like, no, no problem at all. And that, and then she told me later, she's like, she didn't even notice. Yeah, I didn't notice, but that didn't was- think be- one thing about it. But that's because any dating guru will tell you this. You're not focusing on one person. I had tons of people I was talking to. Right. You have a ton, everyone's in rotation. Yeah, so, I never did that. So oh, we'll talk about that more next episode. I think we sh- we'll do an episode about how to date. Yeah. But I just wanted to end on this one comment because I thought you would enjoy it. Someone wrote, why do people still use guys instead of folks or y'all? Oh, God. But the, what they're trying to say is, why do you use guys? Because it's hetero- yeah. like it's like male terminology when you could use folks. But I have to tell but you- please you don't, don't use folks and you, please don't use y'all. You don't sound cool when you say folks. No. 
I lose all respect for I you. I said folks the other day at dinner. I was like, oh, really? What do your folks do? Like oh. one of Julian's friends and she started vomiting at the table. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like really crazy. So what's a good like gender neutral one to use? Not y'all either. How about this? Pals. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Wait, we didn't give an answer. But I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and we have to go make I vegetables. have to pee so badly and we have to make um, dinner so listen we'll come back to this and I want to do a dating expert we'll, we're going to find a gender neutral yeah. plural term that's not folks or y'all why do I keep doing that what is that from ba, 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 ba. Oh, I think that's Whitney Cummings podcast oh yeah Oops. Ba, ba, ba. okay love you Bye. see you next Tuesday